And I would sell my Bitcoin right into this rally. Into this rally. Into this, into this, into this, sell my Bitcoin rally. back at the bullish bitcoin banter and bullshit for bees brought to you in part by your usual guests mr all in aka the trillion dollar man dr evil 10 percent aka the people's champ myself sir Nevlock, aka the excellence of execution and surprise surprise no surprise this is no show no show and we were all in no show last week we missed a week we were. What week? It was half term. There was kids, and I have no kids that were in school, but I still, it's still half term for me. So. <laughs> we missed a week, but we're back. We're back. And, and weirdly, like Bitcoin just stayed the same anyway. You know, we, we'd had a big pump to 30K last week, and we're like, oh, right, that's going to be the top story. But then, oh, who knows what's going to be next week? It's probably gone back down to 25, or it'll be 40. It's still 30. We just, <laughs> they, Bitcoin, we had a week off, Bitcoin had a week off, and we're back. So now, yeah. now the news can continue again. It's been nice having the pump, um, seeing it back at, well, a high for where it is, 70% uh, increase for the year as well. If you were to start in 2023 from zero, you would have had an increase of 70%. Hey, who said it's too late? Yeah. Well, so the entire market, by the way, is, is still down. So people have been saying, oh, Bitcoin isn't doing its thing. It's not a hedge against inflation. Uh, you know, it just goes up. When the stock market goes up, Bitcoin goes up. Well, the stock market's still down. Hmm. Still down bad. Uh, Bitcoin's still down bad as well. It's We're still like 50% down from where we were. But Bitcoin's up, like I said, 70% this year. Show me a stock that is a decent company that is up 70% this year. The there isn't one. So yeah. this could be like a bit of a decoupling of Bitcoin and the stock market where yeah, people are worried about the stock market, they're worried about banks and where they're putting their money. They're putting it into Bitcoin. This we're seeing it's only tiny amounts of money at the moment, but it's showing that it isn't just the FOMO people buying Bitcoin that oh look, stocks go up forever, property goes up forever, everything goes up. Fuck it, I'll buy a little bit of Bitcoin because that will go up as well. Like no, everything's going down. And people are losing money and they're taking money out of banks where they're putting it. It looks like there's some new people putting it into Bitcoin. So hopefully this is a nice sustainable kind of increase as well. It's going to go going up quite slow and we're getting well, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's more adoption as well. Because we do need more nation states. So, you know, we mentioned the various um, countries constantly, South Africa, Argentina, those kind of countries which are absolutely fucked by people siphoning out the money. And they want a hard money in there. And you hope that India's next because all I ever read about India now is how they're basically turning into an authoritarian government. Yeah. So, but I don't think they can get access to pure Bitcoin. 
No, I think last I heard about India that they banned it. Yeah, it is still banned. Or it's just on exchanges, so you can't actually ha- own it yourself. It's, yeah, that's what I should say. It is exactly that. It's on exchanges. You cannot take it off. Um, I've got a half decent contact who I may have mentioned before on one of the pods, and yeah, people are allowed to invest into it, and definitely looking at you know the history of the rupee, it, it makes sense. But whether or not you're actually going to own it, yeah. But when you actually think about this, someone restricting what you can buy with your money, which you've uh, earned, how insane is that? It's just, I, I just look at this. And also, when you actually look at the history of money, you think, how can we have a government-backed currency? You know, they've put prints on it before, like on gold and silver, but on a piece of paper, Every time which it's happened, it's collapsed. Mm. I know. It's just two absolutely insane points. Whenever I find myself thinking about Bitcoin, I think about these points. I'm like, I cannot wrap my head around it. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it makes sense to to give a stamp of authenticity to forms of money. Makes sense. You know, you do, you do it with rye stones. It's like, is this a real rye stone? Is this being verified by like the community that this says actually valuable? Uh, with gold. Is, is this a bit of tungsten wrapped in gold? Like, no, 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 this is being verified. This is the official stamp. That will make sense. But then they just went, oh, you know, like the, the precious thing that stamp is on? Yeah, I was going to put it on paper now. And paper is literally infinite. But it's backed by a government, so don't worry about it. It's got yeah. the stamp. Look, the stamp's there. It says it's official. And it's got a serial so you, number. And but It's when you have these discussions with um no coiners or even see a discussion on twitter from a no coiner we talk about how the money has to be backed by a government i know why have like always been yeah. yeah why the fuck do you need to be backed by a government yeah and, and when well, is a, a a currency backed by a government lasted for hundreds of years like, <clears> they, they don't have an example because there hasn't been one and uh, yeah we're, we're 50 years into the whole globe being on a government backed currency standard and we're seeing where it's going and they, they just think oh no it's, it's always been like this it will always be fine they'll always have enough money to print to make all these ious like whole and you just go we're 50 years into the experiment and if you look at all the charts they they started relatively okay and then it's just gone like this you think that is a sign of stability and that we're going to be okay you're nuts they can helicopter I've got one for us. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one for us to think about as well, because naturally we've seen um, the rise of the BRIC nations uh, all trying to kind of come together, China, um, Russia. But, but the dollar's all right, according to Ray, and or and all right, according to what's his name, the person, the Bitcoiner, well, the former Bitcoiner, um, Nick Batia. Nick Batia, yeah. No, the dollars, dollars, fine. What are you on about bricks? Well, well, this is it. Well, this is where I'm going with my whole kind of thesis because we know that China hold a lot of the dollars as well in terms of like they bought a, a load of bonds, and there's tension naturally between the USA and China. And you and I, we've read the uh, the Changing World Order by Ray Dalio. 
And the changing world order could potentially be, as we know, China as the new number one world superpower and also the new global reserve power. But with an order for number two, China, to take out number one, America, their main consumer is America. So therefore, if they were to do that, then they'd be also hurting themselves. So where does this go? Yeah, but it's probably, um, what you say, short-term pain versus long-term prosperity. So you've got to take the hit of basically bankrupting the USA by devaluing the bonds which you've got in order to finish off the USA to assume your rightful place. And at that point, then they control the world economy. So they can pretty much print what they want and everyone follows their standard. They can mount as much debt as they want and they end up like the US. But they've got to manage it so they don't end up like the US who are weak. But that's it. But that's exactly it. Once they do that, then they effectively are just writing their their own death will, right? No, or, no. or they bankrupt them, flip onto a Bitcoin standard and make sure the US are broke. And then the US are broke as shit on a Bitcoin standard as well. Yeah, they, they don't die. This is like a Bitcoiner holding 2% of their wealth in fiat as an insurance policy and 98% is in Bitcoin. And then the Bitcoin standard happens, you go, oh, and you got you lost your 2%. No, because my 98% went up by 50x. That will be what happened with China. And the whole transition, like China already preparing for it, right? So if you go back 10 years, um, if it, the transition of power had happened then, yeah, China was fucked. Because all they were is the back-end manufacturer of a load of American products. That's pretty much all they did. But over the last decade, they have been bringing out their own brands. They've been innovating on top of stuff. And we've seen stuff like Sheen in the UK, where they're cutting out the the fashion providers. They're going direct. They're making their own phones. They've got their own social networks. They've got everything, right? They've got everything ready to go now. They are basically America ready to go. And if the America collapses and a lot of that stuff shuts down, China would be right there to go, here it is. We're not just the beef behind America's innovation. We do our own innovation now and we're ready to go. So, and they've also got lots of gold and silver in reserve, haven't they? Yeah. And then like they've built up their supplies along with Russia. And and in mm. they like if they become the the world power, right? It doesn't matter how much money you lose in US dollars. Because who gives a fuck about US dollars? <laughs> it's all about the yen now. And guess who gets to print the yen? China. Yeah. So yeah. no, it literally you can lose infinite dollars and it doesn't matter because you now have infinite yen and yen's the only thing that's accepted. So you could, that, that could be the case, couldn't it? Where you know we've seen the US take effectively the money that Russia had and uh, and confiscate it, and naturally they could do the same to uh, to China as well. Yeah, uh, dismiss the bonds. Yeah, and 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 then probably increase their economy by two percent, like they have. Yeah, <laughs> it hurt them so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which again, which is so bizarre, right? It's it's such a weird attack on a country, just to go, oh, because you're from that country, we're going to freeze your assets everywhere. It's such and a bizarre thing to say. You. Yeah, because um, you, you just got to think. Like, just imagine like bringing that down to like. You know, not a hated country like Russia or China. Just bring it down to like the UK. Let's just say America falls out of the UK and 
you have some shares in Amazon or Facebook. And because America, UK now, in the, America's eyes, is a terrorist country, we're a threat on humanity, like they're saying Russia and China are. Because of that, all UK money and if, is now frozen if it's on US soil. So suddenly our shares in like uh, Amazon, Facebook, whatever, will just get frozen and not just frozen, reallocated into the companies that just held those shares. Like they just take them. Because that's what happened to Russian, the Russians. Like they own property, yeah. they own shares, they own, had money and gold in banks and all sorts. It just all got taken from them. And you go, well, hold on, like what, what was their connection to the governments? And maybe for certain individuals, you can create those ties and it all kind of makes sense. But for a lot of that money, there was no ties to government. It was just they're Russian. And mm. it's it's kind of fucked up. And it's just a, a, yet another kind of scary thing about fiat and the fiat world and the fact that if one government dislikes your government, then you lose if you've if you've got money outside of that country. And uh this is another reason to, to obviously to use a decentralized money like Bitcoin, because it doesn't matter what government, what 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 jurisdiction you're in, if where you are falls out of another jurisdiction that's more powerful and they choose to freeze all the assets of your people or they sanction your people, it doesn't matter if you've got Bitcoin. But it does matter if you've got shares or money in the bank or property, all that can just get frozen and stolen from you. Even if there's not a collapse. Because there hasn't been a collapse in Russia, that they, they, they just fell out of the world powers, and bang, and anyone Russian that had money outside of Russia, they had it stolen from them. Yeah, kind of nuts. And everyone cheered it on. Like, yeah, you're cheering it on now because you think Russia bad. If your country that you're sat in becomes the bad one, you're going to get your money stolen. You, know, you won't be cheering that on. You'll be going, "What the fuck? I worked hard for that money." Yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, I did have um, a little video um, for the Bitcoin 30K that I wanted to play. So I'll play Let's it. Start it off. I'll play it now. And I would sell my Bitcoin right into this rally. Into this rally. Into this. Into this. Into this. Sell my Bitcoin rally. played it but it's ace right you enjoy it right i, I loved it <laughs> he's become a, he's become a bit of a mascot um is it kramer no uh, jim kramer is the the anti-bitcoin signal yeah wherever he's but it's, but it's also the yeah, what do they call it a reverse kramer when he says that something's going to tank it usually um flies up and when something's going to do well it tanks yeah so i think everyone just calls him a reverse kramer when he predicts something it's completely wrong yeah, it's like a Peter Schiff. Like we yeah. love it when he comes out when Bitcoin's been plummeting for a little bit, and he comes out to gloat. You're like, "Thank you, Peter. That means we're going up." Yeah. But then when he comes out when we're going up, and he starts going like something positive, you're like, "Oh, Peter, that means we're going down." But yeah, it's um, Kramer and Schiff are just like almost like little pets of Bitcoin, aren't they? They don't, whatever they say, the opposite happens. Talking yeah, of so I think, um, Schiff, I, I just subscribed to his channel, his YouTube channel, and oh, I thought, what? yeah, and, and I, I, he started talking, and I was like, 
I can't watch this and just switched off. <laughs> you know what? He had some really good videos back when you know when people were protesting Wall Street and the one percent. He went out yeah. to talk to those people and went, you know what? You're protesting the wrong people. Like it's the elite that are doing this to you. It's the money printing that's doing to you. But then his answer was always, "Buy gold. That's the hedge." And uh, so again, like with Peter, I agree with him on ninety eight percent of what he says. It's the final two percent where he hates Bitcoin and thinks gold is the answer. That's where we suddenly divert. But he knows everything. He knows that it's a scam. It's backed by nothing. And he absolutely gets all that. And he, but is it even the people that were protesting Wall Street? It's like you're protesting the wrong thing. You're like demanding higher taxes and all that stuff. You're like you do realize all that money just goes to the government. They are the one percent. I had um, a conversation with one of my friends, and he's on about this higher tax for the kind of one percent. I said, you know, the government has a spending problem rather than a taxing problem. Oh, they're not paying a fair tax. I'm like, well, if you charge everyone twenty percent or ten percent, something which is fair, you probably get everyone to pay. He's like, but these people, you know, it's complete inequality. I'm like, you need to stop the money printing because people own the assets, build the money, so gold, housing, property, whatever else. But then he sent me, um, it was, what is it, Valuetainment? Um, One of those videos, and he had this socialist guy on, and he kept on going on about how they had this 95% tax back in the 60s or 70s in the US. Mm -hmm. I said, you do realize why things were so good in the 60s in the US? because they were stealing the world's gold. Hmm. They, they had their booming economy, and they were holding the world's hmm. gold while spending it on their infrastructure. That's why yeah. things were so good in the US, because they were spending the world's money to make motorways and infrastructure, which is falling apart now. Yeah. There's no one that has ever taxed 95%, and that's turned out long-term good for the country. There's a very delicate balance around taxation. Obviously, I am anti-taxation completely. But if you even just look at the game theory for taxation, it's it's kind of almost where the UK are right now. It's a very delicate balance. They're probably right on the knife edge now. Because if you go any higher than the 20 to 50% taxation, if you start going to in- increasing it to 50% goes to 60, 70, 80, the wealthy that would w- contribute the majority of their tax income which just really triggers a lot of socialists. When you when you look at the highest earners, they contribute 90% of the tax um, income. The bottom 90% contribute the other 10. They, they hate hearing that, but it's true. So with a second you start eking into those people, it doesn't take very many of them just to leave. And the mm. overall tax revenue, even though the percentage is higher, it's off a smaller pot. So... You want to maximize the pot and maximize the percentage if you're the government. It's a very delicate balance. And if you go too high with the percentage, the pot decreases. If you go too low with the percentage, then you're just missing out on revenue. So you want they to- did that in the 70s in the UK and they had to stop, didn't they? Because people yeah. just fled, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, and it's not even started a- It's like literally people will just up and leave. Like if you're earning millions, you can up and leave. Yeah. And they and did that in France as well. 95% everything over 100 grand. You're going to let every single person that earns a million pound a year is going to leave. And who are they? They're the CEOs. They're the, they're the founders of companies. So what do they do? They employ fucking everyone else. You want them to stay. You want those people here. And they're still paying 50% tax on that million pounds. They're it's paying also, half a million a year on, in tax. How is that not enough for people? Exactly. 
the kind of like main stat around this, around oh, more taxation is how much a government is effective. When was the last time which a government actually shrank in size or has it increased like a parasite every year? And it has increased. Like we talked about, oh, what was it in the UK, which the Tories got to power in about 2010. Um, what was the term? It basically meant they froze spending. They never uh, reduced spending, but they refused austerity. to put austerity. Yeah, but, yeah. But they it. never put it into negative. Whereas the fact is, that government has needed to go into negative for some time, trim out all the fat. Yeah. What What happens to a company when it misses its targets and start and the share price goes down by seventy percent? They don't just have <laughs> austerity. They don't just pause <laughs> spending. Like people start to get fired, and you start cutting people. Right. That's what. And, and if anything, for a healthy company or for an unhealthy company to get healthy again, you cut costs. Government have never cut costs, cut, cut costs in their entire fucking life. But all they do is just go, oh, we, we're going to spend 10 billion every month next year. We'll just spend nine. Goes, <laughs> that isn't cutting costs. Like you should be spending minus 1 billion to cut costs. Like you should be getting rid of costs. A government has never done that. Yeah, so you think about the NHS, it's the largest employer in the UK, and we all pay into the NHS, but the service is getting worse year on year because it's getting bloated, whereas if you actually looked at it and cut um, the admin staff um, and actually cut it down of wild spending, so what you can claim expenses on, you'd maybe come up with an effective service which could be run on lower tax rates. But anyway, we've kind of digressed a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, it's going to be hard to address. That's what 30k Bitcoin does to us. I know. Start with 30k Bitcoin, ended up with the NHS tax efficiency. Um, <laughs> how about we move on to a nice serious story about Bitcoin mining at Riot and um, the fact that Bitcoin has zero carbon emissions. And uh, So I'll play the video now. We're here out in Rockdale, Texas. Uh, we've got lots of plants here. These plants are consuming CO2 and emitting oxygen, which is fantastic. When we measure CO2 out here, we're in the green. Uh, there are very low levels of CO2, 455 parts per million of CO2. Just fantastic reading. Uh, Rockdale has some of the freshest air I've ever breathed. So uh, this is a great way to establish a baseline. Um, let, we're going to go inside the mining facility and we're going to see how much is this number going to go up. Uh, if the number does not go up, then the mining rigs are not emitting any CO2. If the number goes down, that would be interesting as well. So let's find out. This is where the science happens. This is the largest Bitcoin mining facility in the United States. Outside, we were at 455 parts per million of CO2. Inside, we're at 428 parts per million of CO2. So CO2 levels actually decrease a little bit by entering this Bitcoin mining facility. That might just be a measurement error. Um, but in any case, uh, so far, our going thesis is that Bitcoin mining does not emit any CO2 at all. But let's go to an air-cooled building and see if that's the case there as well. We're on the air intake side of this air-cooled mining facility. Uh, we're still out here in Rockdale at Riot's world-leading mining facility. Um, we're at 452 C 
CO2 parts per million. Still in the green. This is good, this is good. We're gonna see in the hot aisle where the exhaust is coming out of, how much CO2 is coming out of the Bitcoin mining rigs. Let's find out. All right, we're gonna put the meter just right behind a fan so that we're blowing all of the air onto the meter. And we're gonna see uh, what, what it's gonna change here in terms of measurements. We're still at 452 parts per million. This result makes me think that there might not be any CO2 coming out of the Bitcoin mining rig. I think the science is conclusive. The data shows Bitcoin mining does not emit any CO2. So, um, what did you guys think of this? Because this is Pierre. So this it's, is Pierre. it's science. Man, I... Who who trusts the science? You're not a science denier, are you? No. <laughs> so. <laughs> As, as Pierre says, this is a real scientist collecting credible, high-quality data. It, it's one of those where it won't necessarily reach the masses initially because it debunks everything that is used as FUD, right? Yeah. That we're uh, burning a hole in the ozone layer, it's it's a waste <laughs> of energy, well, and et cetera, et cetera. If you know that. Before. Oh, so never look even. I don't know. I won't. But the, this whole video is a troll, right? You realize okay. the whole video is a troll. <laughs> it's not. It's not real. It's like because clear no because clearly. Uh, but the, trust the, the science. <laughs> <laughs> because that you obviously missed out one massive metric, which is well, how are those things running, and all the questions about bitcoin mining about how do you power the miners right so you could have i, I loved it when he put this co2 meter by the by the fan of um a computer and like i remember the comments which i saw all over twitter about that it just cracked me up oh man and, and there's, there's shit tons of articles that all came out about this video going oh my god bitcoiners have got no clue you don't hold a co2 monitor up to the actual thing it's about where it's powered and <laughs> Yeah, there could be a huge pole manufacturer like sat behind pumping out CO2 into the sky that powers these miners. But Pierre's whole point here and Riot's whole point is this is what people do around Tesla cars. They do it around solar panels. They forget yeah. where the thing fucking appeared from. Like what's powering a Tesla? Yeah. Is it solar power? It's the batteries. It's not, is it? It's like, yeah, and what powers a battery? Yeah. A fucking coal power station that lives down the road that is burning coal. <laughs> like it's not all solar panels. It's, yeah, well, and, when and I where was does solar panel even come from? It's a load of I mean, natural resources that come out the ground. And got the solar panels have got to get changed out every ten years. It's just it's a nonsensical thing about going. Oh look, this car is zero emissions. No, it's not because it's yeah. got to be powered by the car coal power station down the road. So he's just gone. Well, let's just do the same test that they do on Teslas. Let's just point the CO2 meters at the thing. No CO2 increase. Must be zero carbon neutral. I think the there phrase which he used, he used was, the science is conclusive. Bitcoin mining does not emit any CO2. <laughs> yeah. um, but 
it didn't make me think so much of like um solar panels and teslas it made me think more back to like the last three years about the science and mm. it made me think you know like he said pretty much i'm a scientist look at this and it's like <laughs> it made me think back over the past three years all the fucktarded things which we've been told such as wearing a mask it's just like you do realize that the gauze isn't like uh, minute enough to stop part viruses go through and then also what is it the um you got to walk one way around tesco's and things like that and you can't both sit on a bench outside and people wearing masks in spain outside um otherwise they get clubbed to death by the police and it's like this is for your health yeah and it just made me think about it my vaccination works better <laughs> and, and covid knows time as well so at 11 o'clock you know it, it starts from there but not, but not if you're eating a pasty. If you're eating a pasty, it's fine. I remember um, being in a restaurant with the missus when it was still masks and you had to wear a mask to go to the toilet. But when you were sitting down, yeah. you could just eat your food. And like, um, yeah. I, and she was like, I need to go to the toilet. I said, make sure you wear your mask before you stand up. Otherwise, COVID's going to get you. I'm going to look, which I got. <laughs> Science, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a great video, and it's one which triggered many no-coiners who didn't get the irony in it. Um, so, yeah, I hope everyone who's um, listening got a good look at that one. Tea time. Or maybe maybe I, I, admit, I did, the first time I watched it, I was with you, Never. I did think, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, this is... <laughs> I'm like, I like it, but... I'm not going to support this really because he's missing out the main <laughs> bit where the Bitcoin, like if, if you are going to talk about Bitcoin CO2 production, it's about where the energy comes from. And he didn't talk about that at all. He just walked around and looked at the machines. It's like, this isn't a fair test. I'm like, am I crazy? And I looked at the comments. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. Everyone, it's a massive troll. Okay. I, I, I was a bit slow. I got you now because, uh, yeah. Because I, I think what I'd missed is I think this was in response to a New York Times article that had um, flooded Bitcoin to hell on its energy usage. And it had done Does anyone similar still types read of things that, that Pierre's doing. You know what? Does anyone still read the New York Times? It's just full of shit, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. But like it still has a little bit of credibility with the normies. So you know, every time we see it. So I, I think it was a parody of their article where they had done similar tests to prove that bitcoin was like a super high pollutant and was causing the oceans to boil so i think pierre just went you know what let's just do their bollocks but the reverse just to show how stupid their article is like we'll just do a stupid one but it's fair play for like staying as straight faced as he was throughout the whole thing because he must have been yeah. wanting to burst out laughing because the entire thing was just, he should the, the only only criticism i have for this video they should have done it about 10 days earlier for April 1st because oh uh, yeah this is a great April Fool's video yeah you're right you're right it's a shame uh the next one uh the next article that we've got really love this uh so five and a half years of DCAing and how you can map it out by using the uh, the Google Docs spreadsheet that the, that has been provided in the article. 
I mean, you have also got this in um, in your Coinbase. So if you extract the data from it there, it's all your buy prices. You can just apply what it is now. Mm-hmm. So same logic, and it's fairly straightforward to do. But really yeah. interesting to see a long-term DCA, though. Yeah, exactly. So this exactly. is a guy who, how much was it a month which he bought? 500 euro a month. Yeah, uh, you're right. So 500 euros every yeah. month every month and he didn't seem to do any big purchases and it just shows how it all mounts up over time and it's good for someone who's probably well who is a lot newer than him to look at and kind of go this is what happens over long term you know like i've been bitcoin coming up to three years whereas this is five years so an extra two years um albeit i was probably well quite a lot mine was in the bull market yeah and he's he's managed yeah so on that five hundred euros a month that he's put in he's managed to get four point three two bitcoin as of April seventh when he when he posted this which is you know and he, he says it isn't he it's like he never thought he was going to get that much bitcoin because mm. you know, when he started you know the prices was higher and then as he started DCAing the prices kept getting away from him he's like I'm barely going to be a whole coiner but this is the power of DCA you know? the price comes down and the price goes up and now he's sat there with with four bitcoin and this is this is the thing. You basically put in five hundred. And a retirement plan. Yeah, I like how he calls it that as well. I'd I'd like to yeah. hope that he stopped paying into his fiat retirement and he switched that payment and just went fuck your little tax efficiency bollocks. I'm going to go self sovereign on this retirement and I'm going to put it into Bitcoin instead. And uh and yeah and, and now he's doing well, isn't he? And um this is. There's, there's so many people that I know that think they've they've missed the boat. I don't have enough money to put into Bitcoin. And they hear DCA and they go, let's put £100 a month in, put £50 a month, put whatever you can afford, just put it in. Like even if you, you obviously you're not been brave enough to stop your pension straight away, but put £50 a month in. And it DCAing in Bitcoin, it, especially in this early stage of the adoption, the price is still pretty volatile. So DCAing just really saves you from all that pain. You're not attached to a certain number. You're just going, I don't even know what my average buy price is. It doesn't really even fucking matter. All you're doing is just stacking. And you stack all the way up in the bull market, but the same percentage. And then as the price comes down, you buy all the way down, and then you buy all the way back up again. You don't pretend to know what the market's going to do. You just DCA consistently and for years. And this is a great example of a guy that that admittedly when I'm never going to have four Bitcoin. It's just, I, I'm too late to the game. Five years later, he's not a big earner. You know, 500 euros is a decent, that's a decent. I was going to say it's significant how much he's been putting that, in. That's decent. But you know, it's 6,000 euros a year. Yeah. Which yeah. it's significant, but it isn't, he's not a millionaire. This guy probably earns 50 grand a year. So, okay. He's, he's, he's earning decent money, but it's not insane money. And he's ended up with four Bitcoin. And uh, so you, you, you never do that. And people even now will be like, yeah, but that was five years ago. Now it's too late. You know, that's what this guy thought. This guy thought he would never have four Bitcoin. And still went, you know what? I'm still in a DCA anyway, just in case. And he was right. So don't What's think that now. Like, just, everyone yeah. thinks they're too late. Like, oh, the guy that did it five, started five years ago. Yeah, of course he's okay. Yeah, you will be okay in five years if you DCA now too. That's yeah, yeah, definitely. 
It, what's interesting is uh, Natalie Brunel, who does a number of interviews, Bitcoin interviews, uh, she says that she DCAs the price of a meal every day. Now, the 500 would work out roughly £21 a day. Now, is that a Tesco meal deal, £3? Or... I was well, going to say, what, what's Natalie Brunel? Is it <laughs> is it a Tesco meal bill? Is it Happy Meal? Well, she is, is it yeah. Cordon Bleu? An eight-course exactly. eight taster meal in a Michelin-style restaurant. Exactly. I mean, um, you know, to, to do that, what he's done is roughly £21 a day, £21.42 a day. Is it? So, yeah. So it, it's, oh, yeah. Not, it's not crazy but it's it's possible isn't it you know you could easily spend a tenner a day easily uh not just on food just on anything Would you it, know, I, just I, everyday I, life like divide it by 10 and go okay fine you can only afford 50 euros a month right which is i don't even know what that is well that's that's two pounds a day now not yeah, 20 yeah. Pounds a day <laughs> so instead of having four bitcoin you'd have 0.4 bitcoin you're still mm-hmm. doing well is that your, yeah. I would I, I would hazard a guess to go if that's all you can afford on a month, on a monthly basis, that is going to be your biggest saving pot you got by a fucking country mile. And if you fast forward yeah. another five years, that 0.4 Bitcoin will be more than your entire net wealth in everything else. So I think that I mean that whole point applies to any kind of like investment. You know, if you're going to invest in the S and P, like that much per month instead instead of nothing, is absolutely massive, yeah. absolutely massive, and people. People don't get like the DCAing mindset or even the, I suppose, the maths behind it in that constantly stacking, even if it's a fear investment, is something which is going to help you get out of the hellhole which you're in. It goes back to the uh, the psychology of money, doesn't it? Of knowing that if you are watching the price, thinking, oh, spending 20 quid a day here and, you know, it's, it's, it's at rock bottom and there's a war that's going on and everything else. And it's to have that uh, that fortitude of, you know what, doesn't matter, putting it in. And it just goes and you think nothing more of it. That's hard. Yeah. It, it's, I, I've actually seen it with like my relatives. So I, I had a, a relative that's been stacking but a relatively low amount for her net wealth. It's like one of my my aunties. And the price is up 70% now. And so she asked me to come around and take a look at her pension planning and all that stuff. It's all maturing. She wants me, my advice on where to put stuff and all that. And um, now's the time she goes, shall I lump into some Bitcoin? And I just go, well, I'm a dangerous person to ask. Of course, it's a yes. But... You've been DCAing for the last three years at one level. Uh, that it was seventy percent cheaper at those levels. Why didn't you just increase the monthly? And she went, "Well, you know, didn't have the confidence." Da, 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 da. And you just go, "Oh, it's like people really don't get. It. They they literally will DCA. It's such a low amount where it's like I don't give a shit whether I lose it or not. And then mm. the price goes up like pretty much doubles." And now they're going, should I put a lump in? And and, and you're putting people like me under pressure because I'm like, well, I don't know. The price could dump by 50% tomorrow and you're going to fucking have my balls. So it's that, it's that like meme where you've got the 60K line versus the 20K. 
It was like the meme yeah. which is all over Twitter, and it's like everyone's queued up behind the 60k and no one's there for the 20. Yeah. It feels like that around the 30k line now. Like no one wanted to buy it below 20k. And now it's 30k. Everyone's like fucking queuing up, going, Can I lump in now? I'm like, well, I don't know if it's gonna be back down to 20k. I, my my advice to her was just don't lump in, just increase substantially your DCA. I get a text the next day going, I just bought a lump of Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad because it will work out. Please hold this <laughs> for the long term. But for fuck's sake, like, it's just, you, you're, you're, this is, and, and even, I even, I was thinking like, oh no, this is marking the top. Like my auntie doesn't know anything, is lumping into Bitcoin. Here we go. Here's sub 10K Bitcoin coming. <laughs> I would relish that. Um, I um, lumped in when it was like 45k, so 45,000 pounds. That was painful watching it go back down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think everyone, but it's, it's probably it's, it's probably me just having like a lot of experience in the market and having I lived through two bull runs now. You you just get used to it, and you just know that literally when the price goes down, that's when you buy. And um, but I think that it takes a bit of experience to get. To that point and i'm seeing a lot of people coming in on their first cycle and that they, they buy when the price is high and they sell when the price is low it's fucking dumb but it's just human nature i mean technically it is my mine and sir never looks second cycle because we bought in the first bull run mm-hmm. um, i was gonna say yeah, right, right at the top 20. yeah you, I was gonna you say need to live out a full one though uh, yeah. uh, maybe i hope you've lived out the whole bear market now i'd like to think you have well we'll I see don't, i don't we- know we can't tell till the next halving, really. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's weird how that the the bear market was a lot shorter this time, which has got my spider senses flagging going. Maybe we've we've got a big dip to come. Who knows? Yeah. We've got yeah. something just. To, this could be a nice little pump just to go. Oh look, yeah, the bull market's mm. coming. Here comes a hundred k, and then boom, fuck off, ten k. Just let's wash out. All the non-believers, like, really, let's wash them out. And, yeah, I'd be a bit guided if that happens, to be honest, because, well, my fiat's in now. I'm literally fucking all in. When that when that bank collapse started happening, any spare fiat I had went in. So if we get 10K Bitcoin now, I'm like, fuck's sake, I'm gutted. But I missed out <laughs> on a lot of fucking coins. I've got some dry powder on the side, ready and waiting. Yep. But um so the bank doesn't collapse before Bitcoin is 10k. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? It's well, that's where I'm storing the the, the dry powder <laughs> to put in. Exactly. Um, right. Next one. Pack and spot. talking of yeah, well, talking of collapsing and shutting down, uh announces shutdown community with a hundred percent withdrawal initiative so um in, as we know in 2022 we witnessed the demise of several platforms across the crypto industry and uh and one of those for 2023 is pats so uh the ceo of pats wrote an elaborate note uh highlighting the closure on the firm's website saying today that's all will be suspending its marketplace um we're not sure if it will come back. This will probably be probably come as a big shock to many. While I cannot share the full story now, I can say that we unfortunately have had some key staff departures. Has there been any further update on this? 
Um, well, yeah, just below that, I think the quote may have been added or it might have been there before, but it basically says, my co-founder sued, sued the company and sued me. I have a lawsuit over my head right now. So when he says some key staff departures, that is a co-founder and he's suing the company and himself. So people think that what he's doing is basically closing the company down to avoid this lawsuit. Really. So there's nothing to, to take. Mm. But who knows, really? I think it's a lot of like he said, she said. There's a lot of rumors going around. But it does seem to fit a pattern, right? So the only reason Paxful have ever been on our agenda before is because they were a peer-to-peer marketplace that did all the coins. Yeah. And um, but he announced probably I don't know how long ago it was now, six months or a year ago, somewhere between there, that they're going Bitcoin only. So that's what he hit our agenda for. Going, oh look, this is good. Yes, I remember that. He's gone, he's gone Bitcoin only, and this CEO um got a bit of a name for himself with a bit of a Bitcoin maxi. So it's a little bit worrying, right? That there's another peer-to-peer platform. Uh, we had one go uh, a couple of months ago. Now I've got another yeah. one going here. So I, I'd like to think that it's not going Bitcoin only that caused the business to fail. Maybe it is some weird it's, kind of lawsuit. Or... I read something about some kind of lawsuit between the owners. So it doesn't seem like it seems like it's a little bit misleading. Well, yeah. Well, the yeah. Well, the, his quote is his co-founder sued the company and sued me. So. That's his excuse. His excuse for the company failing ultimately is there's, there's but it's weird though, because what kind of lawsuit could cause him to literally need to shut the whole company down? Like what what's it about? Is it because the good thing is he is allowing it's not something where he's locked all the money, it's not an FTX, it's not yeah. He's given everyone like essentially the company seems to have failed in some shape or form, but all the Bitcoin they should have, they do have. So everyone that wants to take their Bitcoin out can take it out. They're giving everyone plenty of notice to take their Bitcoin out of out of their business. And they're very confident that they have all that Bitcoin. And from what I've seen on Bitcoin Twitter, that has been true. Everyone with money in Pax4 has got their money back. So it's something in the in the real world that I think has just caused this business to fail ultimately. And, and I don't know, in a weird way, it, I wouldn't be surprised if what part of the failure of this was their shitcoin past, you know, with the shitcoins just going to... Come back to haunt them. You know, getting so wrecked, you know, like so wrecked that I think they just went, you know what, this is... This is too hard. And the, the, the shitcoins were the ones that were probably... I don't know. They, they got so wrecked. They, they can't afford to run a business now. And it basically exposed the fact that this business isn't profitable, really, I think, without kind of shitcoiners funding it from shitcoin gains. So it's, and this is the thing, right? With Bitcoin, it's going to be a harsh reality of Bitcoin companies. It's, there's no bailouts, there's, there's no easy money. You've got a, it's hard to set up a business that just, you know, you build something for one pound and sell it for two pounds. That's tough. Mm. It's really hard. And um, it looks like this company, unfortunately, weren't quite doing that. Because I, I, I honestly don't know really how you make decent money off having a peer-to-peer black, um, Bitcoin platform. And it, I think it's one of the real key problems we need to solve as Bitcoiners because we need these things. And they, yeah, it's, 
Yeah, local Bitcoin. That was the one that closed a couple of months ago. That was it. Yeah, local Bitcoin. So they're done. And then Paxful kind of filled the gut, filled the void. Now they're gone. Uh, so we're getting pushed to big exchanges more and more and more. And it's not good. We need these little, these little peer-to-peer exchanges to still exist and them closing down for from what looks like, if it's true, these petty kind of fallouts between founders. It's it's a shame that such an important company is failing because the two co-founders fell out. I'm just trying to look on a Queen Gecko to understand if, because once upon a time there was so many shit coins that were out there, but understand if that number has decreased as we've seen a decrease in exchanges as well. Because, you know, I'd like to think people are a little bit smarter, but as I'm saying, it, it just... You know, my, my confidence decreases thinking like surely you would realize it's not about putting your money into tornado cash or some coin called petals at 898 in terms of as i'm going through this list um but yeah i'm just thinking surely that would decrease and then people will finally get the rhetoric that you know bitcoin we don't like it, but you know, ETH, Tron, those other ones, they'll all eventually die. But you know, there's the stronger of the, the shit coins. But it seems as though, as I'm still scrolling down the list, it seems as though there is uh there's more and more shit coins growing each and every day. I'm at like fifteen hundred and more. Of course. Yeah. They they won't stop spawning you know anyway should we move on to let's definitely move on dr 10 percent's favorite part of the week <laughs> actually copy in this i will i will copy it in well funny enough i couldn't actually um i think i swung the telegraphs behind the paywall i couldn't actually read the damn article. i was gonna say i couldn't read it yeah, so because i had a google on the title and it came up on Yahoo articles, so I went off that. Okay. Um, but there's some absolute crackers of quotes within this Yahoo article, so I'll start with those. So, what what is it first? What is it? So this is an article by some fucking moron. Um, I'm trying. Oh, shall I load up the articles? I can't remember a name off the top of my head. Some While kind... you're doing that, I'll give uh, the listeners the overview of um, so. The title is called Our Money Printing Spree Did Not Cause Inflation Crisis, the Bank of England insists. Silvana Henreo um, has insisted that COVID money printing spree is not to blame for double-digit inflation amid the steepest rises in 41 years. So I think they've just shoved out someone who's a woman, let's be honest, on this one to try and soften the blow and say this is an important policy maker, whereas, in fact, it's just someone to stick in front of the camera. Sounds like you're being sexist. Yeah, but <laughs> let's be honest, they're trying to deflect by saying, look at how um, equal we are, rather than the fact that we've really fucked up everyone's life and made everyone really poor, so Paul, they're worried to put the heating on. Yeah, but a vagina can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, I found this article <laughs> Yahoo, and um, some quotes were um, I fucking love these quotes by the way by Bank the way it's black vagina which means it's doubly right <laughs> <laughs> Bank they, of England, they, the only Paul... thing that make it more right is that a bit of a penis dripping over it but carry on uh... Right, anyway, I want to say my fucking quote. Um, Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee member Silvana um, Tendreo has warned inflation could soon to get too low, despite the drastic pace of pricing rises at the moment. So it will get too low. How can inflation get too low? Oh, please, it's too low. It's only 1%. You're only decreasing my wage and um, money in my bank by 1% a year. I want it to be at least 5%. Yeah. It's just fucking it's, moron. It's obviously, is it 20 now? It's like, you're scared about it going too low, or is it 20? Like, Savannah, I, I think that's the opposite problem we have right now. Yeah, we need mm. deflation. We need deflation by 30%. Um, and then, another quote, if inflation is too low or negative, then some people may be put off spending because they expect prices to fall. I love the bank notes an ex- explanation of a two percent target, so they might wait for prices to fall. Whereas, like I said, reality it needs to go into massive deflation so people can actually afford to heat their homes, feed their families, and not be scared about um, being paid able to pay the rent and their utilities. It's this whole fucking argument that people love having two percent of their wealth stolen every year. They love it. If if it was to go, I don't negative, know about you. I don't know about you, but it's something which I think about all the time. <laughs> and we we yeah, have these I, conversations offline all the time. I'm, <laughs> we're at the point, where, you know, it's like we're scared. We are genuinely scared of like what's going on. Why? But ev- why are we ev- the only ones talking about this? <laughs> but everyone has literally got Stockholm syndrome about this. Mm. They believe it's good for the economy. It's like, yeah. Um, but GDP grew by one percent. Wasn't that amazing? It's because we fucking grew the money supply by thirty <laughs> percent. So actually, we went down twenty nine percent. You fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they, they inflate the money by twenty percent, and we grow by one. And they're like, what a win! What world are you living in? We we shrunk by nineteen percent. You fucking moron. Yeah, we just made more money available. Yeah, <laughs> GDP is measured in pounds or dollars, and they printed more of them, so of course it's worth more because <laughs> there's more circulate. <laughs> but but it's two statistics because we have like um, we have GDP stats and the growth quarter to quarter, and we have CPI, and no one seems to be going like this. Are the two connected? <laughs> uh... <laughs> But then this woman says um, the money printing is not to blame for double-digit inflation. It's just like, so what was? Was it Ukraine? Did Ukraine do it in last November before the Ukraine-Russia war happened? Is that what happened? Yeah. Well, she said it was caused by large and unexpected external shocks. Sounds like um, Russia caused inflation two months before. They started the war. Yeah. It's as if they almost realised that inflation was going to get out of control and need an excuse, so they did something and then... Yeah, of, of course they're going it, it to... It's just nuts to read this article, right? Because this is obviously on the Telegraph. This is, you know, the Financial Times. This is what all our boomer parents will read. 
And um, it, it's actually interesting that further down the article, it actually does get debunked a little bit. Like there's someone saying down here where, you know, QE is surrounded by hocus pocus and confusion about the channels through which it has its impact. And it, it's, it's good that they at least put a quote like that in this article because that's exactly what is happening. Like when When you talk about money printing and then you talk about quantitative easing, most people don't know the two things are the same because quantitative easing sounds like it's a really complicated economic financial term that you really need to understand everything about those topics to understand what quantitative easing is. And in reality, you go, no, they, they are just increasing the supply of the money. It's just that simple. They just call it quantitative easing to make you think you're not smart enough to know what it is. And then yeah. they just go, oh, and this thing that we're doing that, I know they, they, they just they don't even explain what it is. They just go, and the benefit to this is we stimulate the economy, we encourage people to spend. It's better for everyone. Trust us. Do you know what she should have said? What? It was inflation dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Came and fucked our shit up. <laughs> but. But yeah, it's just it's just convoluted bollocks, isn't it? And then bizarrely, this article isn't even convoluted bollocks. It's actually very weird. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's not that. It's but like simple. They haven't, they haven't rolled but... out like the head of the Bank of England. They've rolled out someone who they're kind of like trying to deflect. That's what I was saying. They put out a woman, so it's like look at we're an equal opportunities employer, yeah, exactly. and it's a distraction rather than bringing out the guy who's in charge of it, who's um, some multimillionaire whose yeah. assets far outweigh um, his income. It's it's yeah. a black lesbian vagina, so if you disagree with her... <laughs> I love how we've gone from you're a, racist, a woman to a vagina, to being black, to being a lesbian, and yeah. with a bit of penis dripping out. Yeah. So if you disagree with the article, you're a racist, sexist, homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I... I She's just talking complete and utter bollocks. Well, <laughs> it's just this giant lie. And it's just, I look at this and go, I knew inflation was happening, but it just never fully clicked in my head before looking to Bitcoin. And now it's there. It's just fucking destroyed my life. <laughs> God, and hours. Like, I think it's like seeing <laughs> the Matrix, right? You know, like before, this kind of article would look like code to you. And you go, oh, it's going to take a lot of time for me to figure this out. But now you're out of the matrix and you just see what it is. You just see, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a woman. That's it, a, it's that's destroyed a ours because every time he sees something, he messages us to be like, <laughs> They're lying about inflation again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because I, I tell mean, Mr. Olin, I have to put it with him at work as well. Yeah. It's yeah, I tell him she just looks at me there. blankly. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, yeah. isn't it weird though how like literally there's people that get it and then if you said the same thing to anyone else they look at you and go you're weird yeah you go what the fuck how am i the weird one i was this is so clearly but like for the majority of people they read this article and they go sounds legit but when you know the yeah. truth you go there's not a word of that that you believe you go lie 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 but for the average person, they go, I don't know how to prove or disprove this. Sounds legit. I'm going to move on with my life. I believe her. I was listening to a book today called, I think it's Winning. And he talks about that everyone will look at you 
like you're absolute fucking crazy. And that's how I feel most of the time is everyone looks like I'm fucking crazy <laughs> because they just do not get it. Yeah. You're enjoying it. It's a good book. It is a good yeah. book, but I definitely got what he said. He said, um, he said, say to yourself what you think if you won something. I just went temporary relief <laughs> before it all starts again. And he's like, yeah. you're an average person, you'll celebrate and then slack off and you'll be like, that's your accomplishment for your life. And I just kind of go, yeah, my brain's a bit broken now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, we're, we're talking about whilst uh, Mr. All in his off-road moment, we're talking about winning by uh, Tim Grover, the the trainer to both Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. So yeah, it's a great, great one. But I, I do feel like we're in this, and I'm sure the listeners uh, that join us every week, thank you, subscribe, like, share, comment, and. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this bubble, but this bubble is slowly but surely getting a little bit bigger. But when you try to bring others into the bubble, they will look at you very, very strange. And I do feel at times have less and less to say to others because I'm just like, oh, there's no point. So I just... As I always do, you know, I'll randomly message you at whatever time at night (laughs) (laughs) to be like, what about this? And even when I see that you're out of offices on, I'll still message you because I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. But it's like the investments, you know, um, Mr. Orland mentioned it. And it's like when you see the code, things start making sense. The financial world makes sense to me. I yeah. wish I'd seen the code and actually understood the code years ago. So it would have helped me make more right decisions. But yeah, in a way it's destroyed my life, but in a way it's opened up my brain to what's actually yeah. there and what it all means in the financial world. You look at it now and you're just like, it's so much more simple than you realize. Anyway, enough of a rant right. on there. The inflation fucking moron article we've got. Um, <laughs> everyone's favorite CEO, JP Morgan, Jamie, um, is it Diamond? Oh, it's pronounced? Yeah, J- Jamie Diamond, yeah. Who loves um, talking about his pet rock. Yeah. So, what <laughs> we, before we go on to this, I, I know again, I, I sent you guys a video to watch where uh, Natalie Brunel interviewed uh, Whitney Webb. And Whitney Webb is the investigative reporter who looked into, uh, oh, what's his name, the, the collapse down, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Solid and, guy, solid guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so she, she, you know, if there's anything that uh, she doesn't know, about Jeffrey Epstein, I'd be surprised because uh, she is one tough cookie. You know, she, I, she's um, exposing the lies. Of funnily the enough, it's what world. I was going to mention because I, um, I've listened to most of that interview. And yeah. It talks about our friend Jamie here. It talks about exactly. how he was put in his position, like Epstein was, by the same decision makers. Exactly. And so it wasn't one exactly which I took that. lightly, although... I don't have the information behind it. So I was kind of going, that's interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it does make sense, doesn't it? 
and uh, and Jamie is effectively a puppet, but uh, in front of you know the world stage, controlling the strings, but is being controlled himself after being pl- uh, placed in this position. Well, he was sacked um, from an earlier job, wasn't he? And then brought into yeah. this one. Yeah, exactly. So a bit like Christine Lagarde, who was found guilt, well, not found guilty of fraud, but I think on the verge of going to prison, given a really high um, job at the ECB for some weird mm. reason. Yeah. But again, I, get, I the think puppet, every... the perfect puppet is a disgraced expert. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you were good in the field, but you fucked up big. So now they can go, we're going to save you from that and save you from the consequences and promote you about 10 layers up. But just know at any point you can fall back down and you'll get punished to the full extent of the law. And once you're in the role, you go, by the way, these are the bullet points you want you to say. And just remember, if you don't say them, the fall from grace is going to be hard and it's going to involve prison time. So it's, it isn't, it isn't, is a common theme, isn't it? All these people that are in very high positions, quite a lot of them have checkered pasts. So again, you, yeah. you have leverage over these people to make them do and say what you want them to do and say. But it's um it's a interesting article in that Jamie Diamond talks about how government should force buy private property to fight climate change. And you're kind of going, This is socialism pretty much, isn't it? Mm. because they'll pay them their shit money which they can print um, at the stroke of a key and it's just like why should people have their land taken off them so you kind of go but in my head I'm going well what land would they go for it's not going to be a housing estate it's going to be a farm so what's going to produce the food and we've seen this in the Netherlands where they're force selling farms in the Netherlands to create a mega city Um, well that's a rumour anyway but they are definitely force selling um, farms and it's so where's my food going to come from then where where are the cows going to graze where are the chickens going to be and it kind of goes well actually they're just probably going to produce some sludge in a factory aren't they I think this is where this is going it's like we can have some solar panels we can have some wind farm it's like but don't wind farms need wind to be at an ideal um, speed then also how do you store this energy to actually power a grid don't we need more nuclear in order to do that it's just yeah i kind of did read it wondering what his angle was and i kind of went i think it's literally just another weff it's not it's not um you know about investment or virtue signaling it's pretty much get ready we're going to start taking your property well we're going to take the farms and you're going to start drink um eating vegan sludge top of crickets yeah but it's why I started a potentially new weekly, which was this as WEF Weekly. It didn't mention the WEF anywhere in the article, but I just went, this is the WEF. This is the head of one <laughs> of the weekly. Yeah. Because I think they're almost going to be a common, you know, a recurrent theme, right? Because, because yeah, you're right. There is no personal motivation that drives this type of stuff, really. It just seems to be, well, what is it? And well, it is the, the Great Reset. That's what drives this type of agenda. Yeah, we, we shouldn't have nuclear power stations because they're too effective. They'll power too many homes. So we're going to go for solar and wind power, which takes up lands, removes farms, and cow farts, 
are boiling the oceans. Whereas it's like, well, actually, when you look at the stats, a domestic cow doesn't produce that much and all the meat export. It's actually the flight and the logistics to take that cow somewhere. So why don't we just actually sort out the logistics structure of our food and have domestic sourcing instead of international? Yeah, well, that would be way too sensible, wouldn't it? Just to have little communities self-sustainable. No, no, no. We need global big governments that sort everyone out. But um, but yeah, we didn't have it in the agenda this week. But just to like counter this article, which completely shows the hypocrisy of the same people, but they're on different sides of the same argument, but it suits them in both cases. So you've got Warren Buffett um, basically mm. lambasting um, Bitcoin and saying it's it's causing you know climate change and it's it's not an investment blah 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 but then you've got Jamie Demon on the, on the other side going well we need to um basically like seize um a, a, like force the sale of assets um to fund this thing and Warren Buffett's argument was no matter how many banks collapse, the government can just print money to make it whole. They are government-backed currencies. That is why they are so safe, so secure. So we no one needs to be worried because governments back this stuff and can just print themselves out of trouble. Yet Jamie Damon here, who is kind of one of the same old legacy dinosaurs kind of puppets, is going, oh no, there's not an infinite printing machine for climate change. You know, that doesn't exist now. Suddenly, we're out of money. So the only way to get the amount of investment we need to go into solar, wind, is to seize the assets of our citizens. And you just go, right, let's just zoom out for a minute, right? So Warren's going, trust the banks, the government's got it. What are the incentives there? Well, all the bankers freaking have the money and the elite have the money in the bank. Okay, so they're saying us to trust the banks, government's got it. However, the government hasn't got climate change. They completely don't have this one covered. So we need to suffer to, to pay for this one. That's convenient. So, so what's what's the uh, meme which I've seen going round? Um, the government can't solve homelessness, but tells you yeah. by taxing a little bit more, they'll solve climate change. Yeah. And it's just like, no, we just don't believe it. Um, but kind of like to add a point on Jamie Demon because I love this, love, lovely, love my quotes because it's just pure bullshit. The need to provide energy affordably and reliably for today, as well as necessary investments to decarbonize for tomorrow, underscores the inextricable links between economic growth. Demon added. So kind of dig into that, affordably and reliable. Is renewable energy affordable? Is it reliable? Do you need sun? Do you need wind? And then decarbonize. How do you make a solar panel? Is it renewable? Is a wind farm? How do you make it? Is it renewable? And it's the answer's it's made out of shit which can't be recycled. It's expensive, it's unreliable. But we need more. <laughs> just can't make it up. Uh, it's, it's like every word you use to describe that form of energy is just wrong. It's just a meme. Yeah. 
everyone knows the answer is nuclear. And I think we had a meme as well about Germany this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> protesting about the the bad badness of nuclear. So Germany closed down its nuclear power station. So it's now using coal. I'll <laughs> <laughs> start burning paper next. Uh, not only did they not create more nuclear, they shut it down. So they got to burn even more coal. <clears throat> Um, so Jamie Dimon, I think, as we said at the beginning of the uh, this week's pod, everything he says is the op- do the opposite. So if he says stay away from Bitcoin, they're all in on Bitcoin. Yeah, though he does love his pet rock. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to, it's a classic, you know, don't necessarily do as they say, watch their actions. And their actions are, of course, uh, pushing yeah. CBDCs and, uh, and digital I think, currencies. I think he's got multi-billion pounds wealth. He should, you know, sell all his land to have a yeah. solar farm on and go and live in a flat. I mean, what's also interesting, of course, is the fact that as we're seeing the collapse of all these banks, we know the position of JP Morgan is, you know, number one, effectively, or one of the number one banks where it will all collapse into. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as we've been, I'm sure we've said it before, this controlled demolition, it all folds into, into their hands. So the things that they're saying, or he's saying, and I'm sure we'll cover it in a WEF Weekly, will all eventually uh, tessellate into them and him being number one and uh, and plays into their hands. So, uh, yeah, watch your space. So moving on to the next story, this is one about, um, I think we covered, it must be a couple months ago, um, about the um, how France were enslaving um, parts of Africa. So um, it's one which I haven't actually thought about, and it's um, a good article. So I clicked through and um, re- read all the bits. So this is there's a French franc, and met, well, it's now the euro, isn't it? But they had the f- um, the French controlled CFA franc. So it's a bunch of different countries, and it basically is all. It's um, countries which, um, what's the correct word for it? France had as their colonies. So um, Guinea being one of them. And it's um, basically when they've tried to get into independence, um, France had done some some things like counterfeiting um, the French franc. franc. So they basically swamped um, their economy with um, too much money and ruined the currency um but now like reading through all this it's like really really good read one which i definitely recommend people to read to look at the kind of like evenness of fear and the greed of um elites and governments and um i suppose one kind of like question which i always come back to is so france is creaming off they're taxing these countries they're inflating the cfa franc to then extract money out they're getting cheap oil they're getting cheap uranium what are they doing with all the money because you'd expect that the taxes from africa then go into france to make everything cheaper but 
they've got like their their top earners on 95% tax. And also they're trying to increase the pension ages. So where's all the money going? Well, I think this is the canary in the coal mine, right? It's one of those where, guess what? France are pillaging loads of countries to underpin their own economy, but it's still collapsing. They're still having to push pension age now. But, but the money's mm. got to be siphoned. Like, you literally think that France got their economy, so say it's like 10. They're bringing, what, I don't know, 10 trillion or whatever. They're getting all these African countries, like 10 of them, a trillion each. So literally they're bringing in double the amount of tax. Mm. Where's it all going? Like, right. you know, it's not like they're, they're giving too much to their people. Well, it's the same as America, right? America mm. take most of the wealth of the Middle East to underpin their economy. It's still not enough. Still it's still not enough, money. yeah. But it's just they being siphoned out. more than they uh, earn. It's I suppose my point is, that. it's not like it's being spent on the people of the country, though, is it? It's being siphoned out. Like, there's no way which this money is being spent on providing with school care, you know, the equivalent of NHS, um, retirement care, local parks, um, making sure that the homeless have got home. It's going nowhere near the people, is it? It is being siphoned out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. In in reality, if America, France, UK didn't have access to counterfeiting and just stealing the natural resources of other countries, they'd already collapsed. They would already be under hyperinflation. The only reason hyperinflation hasn't hit the West yet is because of stuff like this. Yeah. But what? But... But when you say that, you make it sound like, oh, it's because the people are getting too much from the government. No. Like a fraction of that money is going back to the people, though, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But the, the problem is, like, the, obviously, the monetary supply is increasing by such a huge amount. It needs to be underpinned by something. And this, Oh, I get you. This is what's being underpinned by. And so... Yeah, they're they're stealing trillions from these other countries, but their economy is in, is still increasing by multiple trillions. So this is the equivalent of going, oh, we're not on a gold standard, but we're kind of on an energy or resource or something standard, which is sitting behind a government standard. So with the US, it's well, how, how much are we worth? It's like, well, fuck, we're not worth enough right now. Let's go take over Ukraine. Now we're worth an extra two trillion, and in France, it's shit we're we're not worth 500 billion we're, we're in the hole well, how about we just go get Papua new guinea and counterfeit their currency and take them they're worth 500 billion boom that kind of underpins us to a certain degree because we've just basically co-opted their, their entire country to 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 underpin ours and people go okay so you control them so so I mean, you, you're kind of balancing debt off each other but it's all fake. It's, it's all built on Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, but you do kind of wonder, further, like further down the road, don't you? Yeah, and it's super you know, disgusting for the fact that you are stealing the entire wealth of nations here. But mm. you do wonder, like um, with these African countries, what position may be be in if they weren't colonized in this way and also extorted? Because you kind of think there's a whole bunch of countries currently being extorted by France. If you took that away, what position would it be? Would okay. they have developed? Would the people be in a better state? Um, because obviously you've got the years before that, which 
whereas enslavement. But then it's like this whole period, you're just making them bankrupt and putting them back the cycle. It's almost like we're going to bankrupt you and the IMF can't come to you, but France can. France is going to get these loans round and round and keep washing you round and stealing your resources. I mean, kind of going into some of these, um, some quotes in here. So from the, the articles, when you click through, in the decades following independence, France supported the lavish lifestyles of African dictators while their people endured extreme poverty. I mean, these are US tricks, you know, which they've seen across the Middle East. Like, there's, there's no other way. And it's when Russia did something bordering on this, they're suddenly evil, but France are currently doing it. And when you've got people who are involved in this network also rigged elections and orchestrated coups. Another one is Bongo threatened to sign drilling contracts with the Americans when Elf temporarily closed its port Gentle Wells and Tanja claimed he would hand over Niger's le- largest uranium mine to the Chinese if France refused to agree to an increase of the price of uranium. So like they had them pinned on assets. So similar to how the US has um, Saudi Arabia for oil, they're doing this to the African nations and basically taking their biggest, um, well, I suppose, most expensive resources and stealing off them for paltry prices. It just also goes to show, I think about it, and I think we've spoken about this offline, it's when you know when someone's hard up, when they start selling or pillaging their assets. Uh, and this is their assets. You know, before they, they'd be like, yeah, we control them, but we don't need to go there yet. You know, we'll just we'll just manage it ourselves. But now it's like, mm, we, need to, we need to work on that nation. This is take a little bit from that nation. This was a Reddit article which then referenced Al Jazeera article from 2014, by the way. So kind of my kind of point is we don't see this in Western media, do we? Oh never. Like literally until the last um year, I didn't realise this was still going on in in Africa. Mm. I thought this was something in the past and like everyone was trying to help Africa, sending a maid. And it's just like, nope, we're going to fuck them over. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say this as well, because uh, when the war started between Russia and the Ukraine, I started watching, well, I'd, I'd always done a lot more, but I, I used to watch France News 24. I watched Al Jazeera. And I also used to watch Russian uh, TV because you would get a better sense of what's going on outside of the the mainstream news and media and that's where you actually hear this type of uh this news um gb gb news the uk equivalent is you know i'd probably say the best of the uk and you kind of hear some controversial stuff on there but you're you're so right we'll never get to to this point yeah, it's just horrendous. Like, how are we yeah. meant to advance as a civilization when governments and elites are doing this? Yeah. Which actually uh, reminded me of something else I saw on Twitter where it, it said something along the lines of CNBC is around 69% like paid media or something like that. So, you know, government backed and paid media. Which again, you know, mainstream, you know, family members and 
and friends will watch that and then you give them real advice or real news about what's going on and they're like, oh, shut up. You know, shut up. Stop it, Dr. Evil 10%. Get back yeah. in your pod. Yeah. And, and I want to get back in my think. pod. I want I want that state to taste real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. It, it is nuts as well because you have nothing to gain yet. Just, just imagine, like, oh, what does the nation have to gain when it is exposed as completely extorting an African country to prop up its own economy? Well, they have a lot to gain there, right? Whereas you yeah. pointing but it out... Like I said, it's not just propping up. You know, like, people are siphoning that money as well. It's oh, not just... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's, it's corruption right the way through, but... You know, we've discussed it before, and it's just it's disgusting, right? When, when you talk about, oh, what the benefits of a Bitcoin standard and a lot of the downsides you go if in the, the in the hundred years to come the books that get written on this form of society when we, when we look back and you look back on all the atrocities that have happened in the hundreds of years previous and we look back and we always laugh at society to go how barbaric it was and how many wars and how many millions of people died during all these things <clears throat> in in the next hundred years, people will look back on our civilization and go, they were disgusting. We're just, instead of using violence, we're using monetary systems, economics, mm-hmm. in order to slave people still. Yeah, slave, hey, the, the, the biggest lie that has happened in the 20th century, or the 21st century, whichever one, is that slavery has been abolished. Bollocks. It just got rebranded and very cleverly wrapped up in a form of fiat, and it has been weaponized. And, and, and bizarrely, it's, it's like almost the, the topic of the day, ironically, is reparations for slavery. And it's like, holy shit, it's still going on. Here's an entire nation being enslaved for France to be pillaged. I'd and, say... And, but, oh, but, but there's no people being shipped to France to, like, clean toilets. N- no, there's not. They're just having... Every shred of wealth that they have is being taken from them and given to France. And every opportunity. Like so that. it's like, I would it's say been... this, and we did an article about Lebanon and the collapse of Lebanon and how they're using crypto. I think that and the Lebanon article, the two which I've probably, we've read on the pod where I've just kind of, they've hit me the most. How catastrophic they both are. Yeah. Should we move on to a lighter topic? (laughs) Yeah. Brickcoin. Who doesn't love a bit of Brickcoin? Do you want to be enslaved? Do you want to eat the sludge? Do you want to eat the crickets? Bow down to your lord and master, Dishy Rishi. So, Brickcoin, I've hired 30 more people. So, this is um, the nickname for the UK. Um, CBDC. I mean, I've hired 30 more people, some more posts there. And they're kind of, I've seen a few of the posts littered through Twitter and they range between 60 and 80K. It's decent money. But when you're designing a fundamental monetary system for the UK, I thought you'd spend a little bit more, especially when you can just print more money to pay the developers. You know, you kind of think you want to, you want the top people, don't you? You know, you should be paying hundreds of thousands for each position and getting the crew. The creme de la creme. 
not someone who's thinking, oh, this is pretty good money for 60, 80K to go and live in London where they can barely afford one bedroom flat. And it, it did surprise me. So I'm kind of going, I don't see this working. I think they'll need someone to give it to them in order to get it working because these people have got to remake the whole financial system hmm. into the slave coin. Oh yeah, like let, let's just remind ourselves. You know, your favorite story of the last year has pretty much been, was it the thirty-seven, thirty-eight billion for track and trace? A, a, a thirty-two. Is it thirty-two? <laughs> like, imagine if they just put one billion into doing a CBDC for for Bitcoin. That would hire them hundreds of people, paying them hundreds of thousands of pounds each. And but why? But why the half-assed attempt at this? I know, if anything, this makes me super bullish for Bitcoin. Come on, well, I, I can only think that this is some um, like a, a, a like an outward indication of weakness when in reality they're not weak. They're really strong behind. Like, there's got to be something else because if they're hiring just thirty people and the top people are on eighty grand, then clearly this is going to be an absolute nothing burger and nothing's going to get launched <laughs> like bitcoin is not even going to get close to getting a, a leaflet out never mind being integrated into all the financial apps and being able to do all the surveillance stuff that we we're talking about which is clearly their end goal so the, the, no again my, they just my want biggest... a helicopter your you money straight away <laughs> to help you Oh, dare you? <laughs> they, they, they think that cash is uh, dirty and therefore having a digital currency will just be cleaner for the environment. People pay, and the rich would pay their taxes with that. It won't be to stop your purchase when you've been naughty and doing naughty podcasts. It's why I'm bullish against all this stuff, bollocks, because, because I don't think the government can actually do what they think they want to do. No. I'd be more... I'd be more worried about the US doing it. I'd be more worried about the US or China and then us rolling out their system over here. That, just that's actually... what I think is going to happen. It's not a case of each individual country creates their own. It will just be a copy and paste of somebody gets the system to work. I mean, seeing the digital one uh, working because it's stopped many if not millions of chinese people from doing certain things essentially the 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 individual countries end up paying the country or the developers that get it right yeah or it, if, it, if the us or china is the top dog at that point we'll just go with their system and it'll just have yeah. the like fork which is the uk you know so you're right, but so I'm just going to slap a new logo over it, don't you? If yeah. if your if your nation flag, yes, the UK version of slave coin. Um, what's also interesting in the article is it references FTX. So the bank's decision to forge ahead with the project comes after turmoil in one crypto market. FTX, one of the biggest crypto exchanges, collapsed in November amid allegations of fraud. Um, and then it goes on to say later in the article, um, despite its similarity in name to Bitcoin, it is not a cryptocurrency. I'm like, it's a digital money. Isn't that a cryptocurrency? Yeah, they should be saying that it is. But it's one but, backed by government and therefore it's safe. 
therefore. But it's also saying relation to FTX, which I think it wants to tie to bit Bitcoin yeah. by mentioning it. I'm kind of like going, do you realize that FTX is a company? Yeah. In the fiat land where they, where they were meant to be audited, but they weren't by Gary Gensler. Yeah. Um, whereas Bitcoin is an asset. Two different things. Yeah, which it all feeds into it, doesn't it? It's nice that every single time they want to mention Bitcoin, they just also mention FTX, which just <laughs> obviously just plays into the hands of, of us going, FTX was a fucking government-run company anyway, designed to scam and designed to fail just so it could diminish Bitcoin and, it, and, 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 and epically fail in such a fashion that it is so outlandish that you don't barely even need to explain what FTX is. You just need to throw the name in and go, that's what Bitcoin is. And everyone goes, wow, I realized that was a real scam. That was real big. It was really convenient that you guys have that now to throw in every time you mention Bitcoin, go, and that's what FTX scammed on. And was like, oh, I heard about that. But don't worry, Bitcoin is coming <laughs> and it's going to be A, so you go. Well, you interest issue, Rishi, can't you? Um, but the, I would expect them to be hiring three thousand people and in spending, you know, three billion, 30, ten billion. You know, something which is going to underpin the whole of the economy. It yeah, needs but, big spending, yeah, not oh yeah, we're going to do this in under a million. Even track and trace, right? Like track and trace was only part of the pandemic spending. It wasn't yeah. part of it. So if you're going to redo the entire fucking currency. You should be spending a hundred billion on this. This is nuts. This is. But isn't it ironic if they spend everything. that money, they hyperinflate the money of fear even more? Yeah, because you know what? I've just realised it's just clicked in my head now. The reason why is that we're having a WEF coin, right? We're having a global coin. So all these little <laughs> WEF coin, a picture of Klaus in yeah. his um, bikini on the beach. Yeah. So all or the Darth countries. Vader outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for a little five-year-old boy sucking him off. Because <laughs> <laughs> so all these That's individual currencies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama. <laughs> I can lick my tongue, little boy. <laughs> it's just a you prank. Mean, it's just a prank, bro. A prank. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all, all these countries, I think, doing their own. CBDCs is just it literally is just a false flag it's just them just pretending to do a thing yeah well we're spending a million whereas in fact it's going on elsewhere yeah they're, they're centralizing all their wealth into a single place could make sense they don't want they don't want UK America France to all have their own CBDC they want a global CBDC so that's so, where the real investment's going right at the end it's quite a good comment from House, which I don't really respect. The House of Lords have come out with this. So the project survived a sceptical report in January 2002 from the House of Lords Economic Affairs Committee, which concluded that a digital pound was a solution in search of a problem. It's not really. They know exactly what they want to do with it. The problem is they want to put the plebs back in their box. Yeah. Like, um, it's like that guy from the Fed. He was one of, one of the senior employee said what advance you're going to get you can do all this with paypal you can do it all with i can't remember the name of the other american company you can do all this already you just choose not to 
Yeah. You want What's helicopter that's... money, you can do it. You can drop it into people's bank accounts with chaps. Hmm. I mean, I've seen this numerous times. When they're running out of these type of initiatives, you get certain people that are inside the government sphere of influence that aren't quite fully briefed up on the scam. So they actually say the same arguments as us and go, what the fuck are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. And then a couple of weeks later, they get brought in line and they don't ask those questions anymore because it's, of course, it doesn't make sense. Of course, it's a complete scam, but shut up. <laughs> yeah. Talking about people that should shut up. Actually, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We've got your so so never look, we've got a, a story next, it's a jaws, but I couldn't find the link for it. I don't know if you actually linked it or yeah. So when you well, it should when you click on Fin Extra, that was the link. Does that no longer take you to it? No, it's just a bunch no. of articles on there. Yeah, okay. Can you remember yeah. what your article was, or should we skip it? We could talk about Ryan Reynolds investing Canadian fintech Nuvo. <laughs> it's about the IMF. Yeah, it was effectively the IMF, to your point, were engaging with dozens of countries on CBDCs. So um I believe that that's where the whole centralization of whatever CBDC that people begin to use will be like, oh, scrap your individual projects. Just do it with us, as in the IMF. Yeah, if I can find it, that's perfect. Yeah, it actually does. It's weird because obviously I couldn't read your article, but yeah, weirdly I almost came to the conclusion myself there, which is yeah, of course, one of these weird three-letter organizations that are non-elected but global. And somehow have power over every government in the land, even though no one really allowed that to happen. So the IMF is a perfect one. They well, they are yeah. the, the ones, right? So it wouldn't be yeah. the WEF, it would be the IMF. They are in control of the financial kind of global stability of the world. So yeah, that's where the money will be funneled into creating a global CBDC. So they'll probably have a load of failed attempts at a local level, at a country level, and go, oh, look, see, it doesn't work. Well, we started in Africa, didn't we, with Nigeria, and they're not interested. Yeah. But, yeah. But I think, if anything, all these little things are just them just trying it out. Oh, they'll they, learn lessons, and they'll try it in, like, they'll try it in, like, I, Sudan or Nigeria or some, or Ghana or whatever, try it again, and they'll tweak it, and then they'll have enforcements, and they'll work out how to get it in. Okay, so um, so yeah, this was just uh, five days ago. So the, the IMF is uh, here we go publishing a handbook, a CBDC handbook, amid oh, growing demand for its assistance. So they're claiming that countries are asking them for the assistance uh, and are engaging with thirty countries investing investigating in digital currencies. So over 40 IMF member countries have approached the body for technical assistance on CBDCs with questions ranging from objectives and design choices to pilots and analysis of, my, of macro financial implications. 
There it is. Um, in the end, I'm sure it will just be, right, we've taken in all of your queries and questions. We've rolled out what it should look like. And here you go. Do your worse. Yeah. So we're fucked. Get Bitcoin. Yeah. Mm. I just think if this gets in, we really, really, really... Not here, fix when. Yeah. It, the, know, the, the next couple of years is going to be these failed local country rollouts and they're going to go oh they didn't work for because you're racist so it is the global one and you're racist if you don't pick it mm. it's, and they're going to really re- they're going to have a hell of a lot of parrots and sticks to push you into yeah. the global one yeah and it's just going to be you know you, you're not made to travel you know where to go to the they get, they get literally. I honestly think the the part of lockdown and all those tests around you know, vaccination status and stuff about can you go in this place? Can you do this? Can you travel? They were testing that to go right. Well, now you can't travel, can't go out, can't buy dinner unless you pay in this currency. That's what they're going to flip to, and they were just testing it. And this is what we're going to move to, which is. If you don't have this version of the CBDC, you can't eat out. You can't pay for your flight. That's what's coming. It's it's gonna kind of kind of be nuts. But um, just just get your Bitcoin because the problem is once you got start getting paid in CBDCs and this bollocks, they will not let you convert it to Bitcoin. That'll be a certainty. So <laughs> yeah. And, um, Anyhow, you could then, yeah, it'd be uh, the classic fuck you. Yeah, you might get some free CBDC, and uh, yeah, if you can convert it somehow, get it's, it off. It's really getting scary. That I, I honestly think the next five years really depends on whether Bitcoin becomes the standard or not enough people get their money out and we end up being enslaved in the CBDC. And Bitcoin is only useful on the black market. That is where we're going. Because if only a small subset of people have Bitcoin, that's unuseful for those people. Because everyone else has all their wealth locked in something else. So mm-hmm. this is this really could be the important five years where we either unlock the population or they get locked into this. Because yeah. it's going to be kind of crazy, right? Because at the moment... Like how do you buy a Bitcoin? You need a bank account. You need to buy it, buy it from exchange. If you get locked into paying into a CBDC that is not allowed to buy Bitcoin with it, like how do you buy Bitcoin? Yeah, rather than killing Bitcoin, you put a walled garden around it so you yeah. can't get to it. Yeah, you just go, because climate change and racism. And you know, everyone goes, okay, I don't want those things. You're like, well, Fucking don't do those then. Yeah, like, okay. I'll just yeah. buy my bug burgers and I'll buy a penis to go with my vagina, and that's yeah. <laughs> but anyway, our, our next story is um another fucking fiat bollocks thing, and um the video is a bit long, but I think I'll play it. Can I play it. Yeah, I'll play it. Now we have in Europe this threshold above 1000 euros you cannot pay cash if you do you're on the gray market so you take mm-hmm. your risk you get caught you are fined or you go in jail 
So you go to jail for spending your own money if they don't control it. That's coming here. Tulsi Gabbard has spoken out against it. She, of course, ran for president, served in the House from Hawaii, and joins us now. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Tucker. Do, do, this is so dystopian. You'd hate to think it could ever come here. You think it might. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is just the latest effort by those in power in our country who are intent on undermining and taking away our own freedoms and liberties. This, this central bank digital currency is about government sanctioned surveillance and control. It's about them being able to keep track of every single thing that we purchase, whether it's a stick of gum or an automobile or anything in between. And so if they have all this inf information and data, which they will in this system, then where does that lead? It gives them the power to decide, okay, well, hey, we don't want to allow you to purchase certain things or we may deem it necessary to, to freeze your overall account. Uh, this power and, and what they can do with it, it's not something we have to imagine. We've already seen how Democrats in Congress, Elizabeth Warren and others, are pressuring credit card companies to code and keep track of any purchase that's made at a store that sells firearms. Why? So that these private companies can then say, hey, this person is purchasing, I don't know what, what they deem is kind of the threshold, but they will then report that as suspicious activity to law enforcement and then expect law enforcement to take action and go after the purchases, legal, legal purchases that a private person made. So this all comes back to, to how you open this. Once we give up our economic autonomy, we no longer have freedom. Once we allow someone else to control our wallet, they then control our freedom. Do you think people understand what this means? It'll be sold, as always, as an effort to push back against terrorism or international financiers or crime or whatever. But do, do people understand on a gut level what, what could be coming? Uh, I, I don't think they do. And, and it's understandable because if you listen to what the government is telling us, like with all of these other things, whether it's the Patriot Act or the Restrict Act, they're doing the very same thing with this, saying, hey, this is for your own good. This is for your convenience, to make it easier for you to conduct transactions uh, when, in fact, they are giving themselves all of the power, uh, taking it away from us, undermining our God-given rights and freedoms in the Constitution uh, because they want to be able to control us. They want to be able to control we the people. So nicely put. Tulsi Gabbard, joining us tonight. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, Tucker. But uh, it's, a, it's another example. It's, it's fucking terrifying, right? So... Obviously, this is, you know, the, the head of the European bank just just flexing about how easy it is for them to limit the spends of over... I mean, the head of a European bank who was done for fraud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good old Lagarde. Um, and, and, and almost like bragging about how... The amount of money that is can be transmitted is you know got to be below a thousand euros, and everything can be traced. And if it's over that, then the name and the purpose has to be be told. And but the beautiful thing is because that's in the fiat world right now, but in a CBDC world, it's so beautiful because we get to do that for every transaction. <laughs> and she seems to be selling this as like. Oh, this is a positive of CBDCs. This is why you should want them. And you go, what are you talking about? Why does my government want me want to know about every single transaction that I ever do? 
who I send it to, who it comes from. Fiat is now, or like cash is now dead. There's no cash payments. This is this is the surveillance state, right? This is everything we've said. This is the conspiracy. But here she is in a two-minute, 57-second video, pretty much confirming every conspiracy theory going about CBDCs, yet she thinks she's selling the benefits of CBDCs. I um, unfortunately I couldn't watch this, but I guessed what it was from the title. I um, tried, but for some reason the video didn't load when I looked at this. Um, my kind of question was the hundred euro cash limit. Has it actually been implemented? Because when I googled it, it looked like it was in the works, but just not implemented yet. I think it's a thousand. Yeah, a thousand. 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 Has it be- yes, is it live? Yeah, yeah. Well, she says it is. Yeah, she says it's it's live. So any, anything so, over a thousand euros is KYC'd and AML'd in Europe. So, I suppose the kind of question is, why would you believe or want anything which a fraudster is trying to sell to you? And if you don't believe she's a fraudster, just go and read her Wikipedia. It's all there. Like this is not someone who you can trust. But she looks like my grandma, and I trust my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Her name's Christine. Christine's don't lie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to rebut that. No, I don't either. It's, uh, it's a difficult uh, one. Let, let's trust um, Granny Christine. But I guess when you've got all these people, like we, we've gone through today's part of Jamie Dimon, you know, head of the world's largest bank, saying... Bitcoin's bad, don't buy it, you know, do this. Then you've got uh, Christine Lagarde. Next week, I'm sure we'll have uh, Janet Yellen talking about these things um, and, you know, do as what we say. And then you've got your own government creating a CBDC. To the average normie, you know, there's so many voices telling them that Bitcoin and anything else is outside of the system is bad they're going to follow mm. and they can't read the code they just see it for what it Correct. is it's just a load Correct. of gobbledygook that just looks really complicated and all all they want is the takeaway mm. you know, what, what should I do then and the takeaway is don't buy bitcoin trust government everything's going to be fine we got you we, yeah. might need to, we might need to move to a slightly different version of fiat. And that might involve you taking a 95% wealth cut. But don't worry. It's all good. We got you. We got you. Everything will be fine. That's what they're being told. And um, that's what the majority will go with because they're too worried about who's going to win the latest Love Island episode. <laughs> Because that's what they've been trained to do, right? They're like rats in a yeah. cage running after some cheese. And the cheese is, who's going to win Love Island this year? That's what you should care about. And in reality, you know, the water you're being fed is like the money that you're earning. You should be worrying mm-hmm. about what you're drinking, not the cheese at the end of the maze. Because that's a lie. <clears throat> and, and yeah, it's not good. Um, 
we've got a breaking news story and then we've got our last story. Um, so the, the breaking news story is that Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase, has said that if the if the regulations within the US don't become clear soon that he is prepared to move Coinbase. Now that's pretty big considering that it's the US's uh, largest exchange and of course it is one of the largest exchanges uh, period, which means a lot of jobs in the US. It means that the US potentially slows down in terms of its adopters. I mean, there are others, of course, the likes of uh, Kraken, who we've mentioned before, and uh, there's Swan Bitcoin, I, I know, are U- US-based, and as well as others. But this is huge. Yeah, the quote that I've seen in the article, it says, I think if we don't see regulatory clarity emerge in the US within a few years, we'll have to consider investing more in other parts of the world. So I think it's been taken and slightly clickbaited to go, oh, Coinbase are leaving US. Da, da, da. He doesn't say he's leaving US. He's just saying we invest more in other places. So we'll, and then checking Brian's Twitter feed, he was in the UK yesterday looking at the UK regulators. So he's clearly doing the rounds and I think he's looking for tax benefits. And and I think to be fair to Brian, like even though he is a massive fucking shit coiner and I hate his guts, he does also want to be independent of government. And I don't think he wants the type of government oversight that US government is trying to do to him. And yeah. this, is, this is what I've said on previous pods. I think he's being pressured to give you know so many back doors into his business for the US government, he's going, at the moment, no. I don't care what you're threatening me with. At the moment, it's not strong enough to let me give you the access to the data and to the levels of controls that you want over our business. I'm saying no. So he's going around the world trying to find somewhere more friendly. But who knows? It, it, he seemed to be super positive about the UK. And, you know, we laughed about that before we even came online. It's like, what are you doing? Like, like the UK and the US, like, the only difference... Stay away from us. The difference yeah, the stay- UK and the US is three years. That's it. Like, the, the US, whatever they do, the UK follows three years later. It's just nonsensical to move your business to the to the UK to flee the US. Like, if you're going to flee the US, you, you need to flee to somewhere that is outside of traditional regulation and to, that is more sensible, more independent, more self-sovereign, that some very small independent state that you can just run a business legit and go boom. And if US customers have to do a load of dumb shit, then you go, you got to do dumb shit. That's what your government says. But for our default business practice, you don't need to do that. This is our our, our kind of core business practice is one thing. Americans have to do another. UK people have to do another. It's it, it's on you. But it's it overall, I'm positive about this story because it's good to see Brian going around looking and actually putting pressure on the US. Going, this is bollocks. But 
my gut instinct goes this is it, it's not going to go anywhere this is a little bit of a it's it reminds me of mark, mark zuckerberg and um jack dorsey um and the, the guys that run the social media companies when they try to stick two fingers up to the u.s government they just smashed them to pieces and when we will sue you to the fucking end of days we will split up your companies we'll regulate them to hell unless you give us what we want and we ended up with a very heavily regulated social media network and that is basically controlled by the u.s government da, 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 as exposed by elon if anyone was ever in doubt um once he brought that company you sound like a conspiracy theorist yeah. It sounds completely unproven. <laughs> Even though the Twitter files prove everything, but yeah. I'm I'm also a bigot. But and a racist. Yeah, I'm a homophobe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would I would like to see I, I honestly think this is going to be one of those little things that exchanges do, and then what we're going to end up seeing is all the exchanges pulled in front of Congress. And charged with a load of things that, like, because this is the good thing, right? When when they pulled the social media companies in, they didn't pull them in for, uh, like, influencing elections and all that kind of stuff. They they brought them in just for, oh, there's too much racism, like misinformation. Um, oh, actually, no, it's privacy. The the key thing they got yeah, was it was privacy. privacy. It was you're losing everyone's data, da 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 da. Like you, you need to con- like prove to us you're never going to lose anyone's data again. And they basically like, charged them with so many things around privacy that they ended up, ironically, totally evading or um, invading everyone's privacy on those networks by giving all that data to the to the US government and letting them just search for it. And I don't know if you've seen the latest interview from Elon with um, Tucker Carlson. But um, he confirmed that the US government had access to everyone's tweets, everyone's DMs. Everything on Twitter was accessible through an API to the US government, open. No requests, no nothing. So one of the first things he did was shut that down. I went, what are you doing? And he's, at the moment, he's in the, um, he he still admits that he could, if he wanted, look at anyone's DMs. He goes, I don't, but I could. So what we're rolling out in the next month is encryption that then goes, if you click that on, even if I had a gun to my head, I couldn't look at your DMs. So it, it, it looks Was like... Was that an update, do you think, in the terms and conditions that people just seamlessly click yes um as in prior to elon taking over and then obviously after the takeover they just rolled it out to make that back door closed um oh elon closed it himself there's no change of the t's and c's okay and there's no change of t's and c's when it got opened i guess it may be just an um a system update in terms of like you know, uh, well, just a normal update of Twitter. Yeah, well, it's their end, right? It's yeah. uh, how you use Twitter and the app that you have. You you think it's what what you like, any sensible person would think yeah. is that it's private, right? It's like your DMs are private, and 
really you you would hope that even the admins at Twitter can't read your DMs. You would hope there'd be some level of encryption between you and them that would go, you know what, they're private messages. So no matter what happens in there, it's private. You you'd hope. It isn't. And Elon has categorically said, I can read all DMs. <laughs> Elon said that. And he went, and also before I took over, before I switched it off, the US government had an API to read all of the DMs. Everyone on Twitter. So there you go. Yeah. I think that's uh, definitely got to be our thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, right. oh, what's the last story of the week? Oh, fucking NFTs. Bitcoin right? magazine. Yeah. yeah. I read this and I felt a bit sick. You get a real copy as well. But anyway, go on. Go on, Sinever. What is the story? Well, Bitcoin Magazine is launching its first ever Ordinals collections uh, of covers. So the collection features one-of-one inscriptions of the first 23 covers ever printed by Bitcoin Magazine, representing the publication's journey from its founding in 2012 to Bitcoin's 10th anniversary in 2019. So... You'll be able to get the uh, historic covers, but I believe also a digital, right? Is that right? Am I reading that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So basically, they're auctioning off the the front covers of the magazine, which go back right the way to the beginning. Which, ironically, right? So Vitalik Buterian, Jesus, been ages since I even remembered that guy. <laughs> obviously found ethereum now he was one of the founders of bitcoin magazine so right back in the day he was one of the founders of bitcoin magazine so bitcoin magazine goes back really really far so yeah so what they're auctioning off is unfortunately i don't even know why you do it like is the digital version of the front cover but also a physical version of the front cover as well and then I uh, supposedly digitally you could say you have the front the, the original front cover. But as we know, it's a fucking JPEG. Who gives a shit? It's someone has one of the first versions of the printed version. For me, that has value. If someone told me, Oh, I've got the NFT, I go, Oh, thanks for telling me you were tarded. It's worthwhile mentioning that the Bitcoin magazine that they um published there's only it comes out like once a quarter so there'll be four a year and these magazines go for thousands initially they are just uh around about i think either 10 or 25 dollars each in terms of the magazine but i remember seeing on the website when i went to the bitcoin uh, event back in october i think it was that some editions are now gone up to $600 or even up to $1,000. And then uh, the earlier editions are even more as well because they are in limited supply for the physicals. Yeah. Go on, NFT. 
<laughs> I, I can't see a lot of um, people buying stuff either, which is good. I, I didn't think, because I must admit, when, when I see this stuff, like the only reason I shoved it in the agenda is number one is a finishing article just to have lulls about. <laughs> go, I am interested in this stuff a little bit, right? I there's a certain the part of me, good. There's a certain part of me that still would want say a physical copy of the Bitcoin magazine that had a cool cover, user some artwork, da da da. Who who knows, right? But I ain't paying silly money for it. And then well yeah, then more I see the volume on this website, I don't know how long the volume is over but it says 3.7 bitcoin which you know is what's that 100k or so and so that's the volume because it's not nothing but it's also not a lot so i i don't think this has got a lot of traction really it's just but look because at the end of the day if i wanted a bitcoin magazine cover to go on my wall this is a great place to go and just go right click save print. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I don't give a shit if I own it. <laughs> it's going to be on my wall. It's going to be going to be a physical copy. And then everyone that I bring into this room, I've got to go, oh, by the way, I own that. That's my one. And then everyone's going to go, what do you mean? And, oh, I. I paid a blockchain 20 grand to own that JPEG. And in reality, I'm I'm never going to say that to anyone because I'd be too embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just going to uh... I just paid, I just printed it out and shipped it on the wall. That's what I did. I didn't realize that the, um, that the, um, there's a link through to the auction site. So I'm just having a quick look and yeah, none of them gone for much, and a lot haven't even had bids on them. No, some of them had stupidly high, um, I think, requests. All, all the starting prices were 10 Bitcoin, which... Yeah. No one so what's that? $300,000. But the top selling one is the first edition at 1.25, which is still a yeah. fucking lot of money. Yeah. And you know, even some of them are like naught point two, so fifth, so six thousand dollars for a JPEG. Yeah. And at least you do get a physical copy, but yeah, but <laughs> that physical copy is like twenty five dollars. Yeah, but you can't get it now. It's right. It's a version one, right? Yeah, I'm just looking on the website. Yeah, so version one or issue one is. $2,100 and then um, they're actually selling so it on the website for 2000 they are, yeah yeah they're selling it on the website in terms of the physical magazines Jesus. so 1 and 2 are uh, 2100 and that's it your average price of the normal magazine when it comes out is $21 uh, for the magazine yeah uh well it just shows that it is look, it's interesting right but for anyone that is in bitcoin this is there's just no way a proper bitcoin is paying this shit literally if you like one of the covers right click save it and print it out yourself yeah 
It's interesting. Uh, again, when I went to the uh, the conference, Bitcoin Magazine issue twenty six, which is currently still uh, available for twenty one dollars, I picked it up for free. Um, so yeah, I have that. So maybe one day it may increase to the price of six hundred thousand or twenty one hundred. Yeah. That's the thing. That, that the issue one is always. I would love an issue. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Lie. Yeah. It's like having issue one of you know the Bible or any book that's big. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have an issue one, but I wouldn't want the JPEG. I don't give a shit yeah. about the JPEG. I want a physical copy of issue one of the magazine. But um, but I'm not asked, and I'm not going to pay in two thousand dollars to get one now. Even if even if I know it's going to be worth twenty thousand in ten years, I'm like, I'd rather the Bitcoin. I don't want a magazine just now. So that's sweet. All right, well, I am going to take us out because that has been Pod 94 Bumper Edition because we missed last week. Brought to you by Mr. All In, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and Mrs. No Show. No Show. And I would sell my Bitcoin right into this rally. Into this rally. Into this. Into this. Into this. Sell my Bitcoin rally.